And I think the key also in the beginning was... So the big question is, what are top agents doing to absolutely crush it in real estate? To get the answers, we interview the top real estate agents to learn their secrets to success. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. My name is Andrew Dunn. And my name is Peter Michael. Welcome to Elite Agent Secrets. Hey guys, what's going on? Welcome to another episode of Elite Agent Secrets. Today, I'm joined by Ben Lobby. Now check this out. Ben has a street cred. When I say street cred, we're talking about a sales volume in excess of 225 million in sales, over 642 homes sold. And the leadership, the part of the team that he's on has combined 42 years of real estate experience in the state of Florida, a little bit more north of me. However, Ben is top 35 under 35 in Central Florida. He's top 1% in sales nationwide. And on his team, there are 35 plus agents with upline access, and they're anticipating to close over $175 million in volume this year through their direct business and their expansion teams. Today, we're going to be covering building a strong relationships over time. We're going to be covering technology. Ooh, this is going to be a fun one. And in topic number three, we're going to dive into what it means to build a strong online presence for deal flow. Ben, super excited to have you on, my friend. How are you doing? Fantastic. And I appreciate the great introduction. Best introduction I've had in a week. (laughs) Hey, hey. Thank you so much. You know, it's always fun getting you guys on the show because every single person has such a diversified background and I, it makes me feel like the small guy on the block, right? It makes me feel like I have done shit. <laughs> <laughs> well, at least you're pulling uh, great people together though. <laughs> that's right. That's right. So, but I listen, I want to turn it over to you. I know you didn't get here overnight. It wasn't, you were in a top 35 under 35 overnight. Take me back to day one. How long have you been in business? What did your first, your second, your third year look like um, to be able to be here on the podcast? Yeah. So actually, before I got into business, my background was web design and development. That's what I went to college for. That's what I did for five years. Out of college, I worked as a freelance marketer. And then I really just kind of got sick of that and wanted to jump into real estate. And that's what catapulted me up. So that background definitely helped like secure building, you know, a presence in real estate in the first couple of years. But the first year, uh, now going on eight years, my first year was mostly part-time. I kind of put my toe in the water, Had was on a team and following some team leaders around and just trying to understand like the players of the market and how the process worked and how do you sell to a customer and that kind of thing. And um, kind of just went full force in. Previous to real estate, I was always networking. I was always out meeting new people. I was a part of the local chamber. Um, I had a, a large friend base and a large family base. So that sphere of influence really helped me kind of get structure and kind of get those first deals in the first three years. It was just kind of outlining that focus or that energy toward targeting to the sphere and marketing to my sphere in the beginning that really helped build that foundation of the first couple of transactions. But, you know, it didn't happen overnight. It never does. So when you go from 
you know, web development to real estate, it takes a while for people to have, uh, for you to have credibility, even with your sphere of influence and them wanting to even buy a house with you. Um, so it just took like consistent marketing and consistent acknowledgement into, to those people that I'm in real estate now to try and get those first deals going. Yeah. But you know what? I, I think it's, the background that you have really sets you up for what you're doing now. Absolutely. Right? I know, I know we'll dive into this in, in one of the later topics when we're talking about online presence and whatnot, but I look at real estate as how we get paid, right? It's the actual vehicle, but newsflash, we're not in real estate. We are actually in the marketing business. We're in the marketing and sales business, marketing first, sales second. And the faster somebody can understand that, that you're not opening the door and showing the property, seeing and asking the person, do you want to buy it? What you're actually doing is you're marketing yourself, selling yourself as bad as that sounds is the reality, right? And then the product is actually the property that you get to move. And that's how you collect the cash. That's how you collect the money, right? So Year one in the business, do you remember the number of transactions, year two, year three, and how you've grown? Oh, uh, I know that's a tough one. <laughs> yeah. First year was actually a handful of transactions. Um, I think it took... Okay, like, listen, you're not alone. That's, that's actually very common. And I want the yeah. audience to hear, how does somebody get top 35 under 35, but they had a handful of transactions their first year? It's okay. Yeah. It's the consistent. Um, we had a we had a saying for the beginning of this year among our team is just being uh, patiently consistent, right? You got to be consistent in your marketing efforts, consistent in building those relationships and meeting people, but patient because what you're doing when you're building a real estate build business is all your efforts are coming together and slowly compounding over time, right? It's not like a normal job that you go into and you work for two weeks and then you get paid. Right. It's you're working for two months, a year, two years, and then all that effort compounds into multiple transactions and having trust and faith uh, among your customers and the relationships that you have. And I think the key also in the beginning was I've I focused on building those strong relationships. So being super active in the Chamber of Commerce and referral leads group, um, I actually launched a BNI networking group, which is a referral leads group. So it was all about building relationships with other more experienced people in not only the real estate industry, but other industries that could hand me referrals and we could refer business back and forth. And that was key for me at that point in my time life because I was also at a younger age. So, you know, you have a 20 something year old trying to sell, you know, a house, right? And it's an, you know, an older group of older family that's selling the property. They don't really have faith in someone of that age. But if someone else was doing that introduction or handing me that referral, whether it was, you know, that customer's attorney or that customer's financial planner or that customer's other service provider, that was a better intro for me. So I really dive deep into building those industry partner referral relationships for the first half of my business before even going into like lead generation and marketing to people and getting basically cold leads or online leads that you then have to convert. 
Hey, I just wanted to jump in here and let you know, if you would like access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. Now back to the show. Which surprisingly, it's our topic number one, right? Which is a very big pillar of your business. What I really want people to understand is that patiently waiting, I think you need to put a comma there and do a plus sign and take massive action, right? Because while you were waiting, really what you were saying is you were investing into those relationships. You were offering value. You were cultivating that relationship, which means you were taking action. You weren't just sitting back, kicking your your feet up on the desk and we're like, okay, cool. Somebody's going to come to me. You said you started a BNI group. You started going after you. you, I call them waterfalls. You're going after the waterfalls, not the person Mm -hmm. that can bring you one or two deals, one or two referrals. You're going to the waterfall that's going to bring you referrals over and over and over again, right? Which we've touched on this concept multiple times, but I think making it so simple, just the way you're talking about it here, building those relationships, at some point it turns where somebody's like, oh, Ben has contributed so much to me. I feel obligated to contribute back to Ben. What does that look like, right? Absolutely. And then you service their customer well, or you service their referral well, and you make them look good, right? Making the person who hands you the referral, the referral look great so that that customer goes back to, you know, uh, that their financial advisor and says, oh, Ben was great in this transaction, right? And that's just reinforcing that, that waterfall. That's a great way to describe it. A waterfall that just keeps giving you deals. <laughs> that's right. So while we're talking about referrals, you know, reputation is everything because you have to have a great reputation. You have to know your shit. So there's a, those are the subliminal foundational essentials that we have to make sure that we mention. But let's say you do know your shit. You are great. Your service is exceptional. The referrals keep on coming. Let's take a step back. Who are the people that Ben has cultivated? Who are the people that every agent needs to have? We're talking about CPAs, accountants, are we talking about financial advisors, some kind of attorneys? Tell me who's essential to that business of yours to build the relationship or who's worthwhile to build the relationship with? Yeah, absolutely. So think of each of these referral uh, partners as puppies, right? Even though you want referrals out of them, you also have to train them to sell yourself you, right? So a financial planner is a great referral source, but you have to also tell, hey, financial planner, when you're sitting down with your customer base, right? Because financial planners typically have a book of business anywhere from 200 to 300 clients, right? In their book, right? And they're meeting their clients at least once a year, sometimes twice a year, depending on how active the active the client is. So you just have to teach the financial planner or partner that when you're meeting with your customers, can you just ask them this one simple question, which is, hey, customer, are you thinking about buying or selling any real estate in the next year? Because that can affect our financial planning. If the client says yes, then the financial planner can say, great. I have an agent that you should consider interviewing for that transaction, right? And immediately you have a positive introduction there. So financial planners were a big one for me because 
I also like lean toward um, that common knowledge with them and investing as well. And then I think the other aspect is attorneys who sometimes aren't the most fun people to work with, uh, but family law attorneys, family law attorneys are three deals in one, right? (laughs) Anytime you're engaged in a family law attorney and you have a couple that's having a falling out and they're going through a divorce, you have three transactions there. You're typically selling the marital asset. And then each couple, each party of the couple needs to be able to typically buy or rent Right. And then they're going to buy later. And so with family law attorneys, you just got to make sure you pick the right one, because some family law attorneys are, you know, have a sign on the street corner that says get divorced for ninety nine dollars. Well, if someone's getting divorced for ninety nine dollars, they probably don't have many assets to fight over. Right. You get a family law attorney who is high end and charges five thousand dollars for a divorce there. They have a certain clientele that has a larger group of assets that they're going to have to go through and handle as a part of that process. But even dealing with that customer type is completely different. So you have to be able to express to that referral partner, the family law attorney that okay, I'm, <laughs> I can deal with these types of customers, right? I can have individual conversations with each party of the marriage separately and communicate that because they're never going to want to talk on the phone. Like what percentage of divorces in happily where each party is actually going to want to talk together about selling the house? No, you're going to have the same conversation twice. And you're probably going to hear about the husband complain about the wife and the wife complain about the husband or whatever the situation is in the relationship. So like those are the top two, but there's so many others. I mean, a pet, we had a pest control guy in our BNI group who was in houses all day, every day. Like he had five appointments a day when he was in a house and he would always talk to the customer and just be like, you know, handling their service and, and providing estimates. And he's like, yeah, like, how long have you been here? Like, what are you looking to do? What do you love or hate about the house? And he would cultivate transactions that way and hand them off to us. And then he was the only pest uh, referral person that we would refer business to. Same thing with roofers. A lot of those contractors that are going into properties and doing work on properties are great leads and lead into transactions because a lot of times some some people are using contractors to make updates on a home to get it ready to sell, even though they haven't either selected an agent to sell or have a clear timeline on when they're going to sell. But they know they need to take care of this maintenance issue or sometimes that maintenance issue is a trigger for them to actually sell. Right. So we got to replace our roof because of a hurricane and we're filing an insurance claim. And now we don't want to be in this house anymore. (laughs) Time to upgrade. So there's a lot of different nuances in those uh, kind of like relationships and a lot of different referral partners that you can kind of like feel out just to be creative in the aspect of figuring out how can I serve them and their business. Uh, And in return, like you said, you contribute to them and you refer to them and in return, they will refer to you if it's a healthy relationship. Bingo. I really want people to get what you said and rewind it back to the last thing you said. Go out there with a hand up, not a hand out. Feel them out, contribute to them first. And then you earn the right to ask them for business, right? Um, and I really like the, the other people that you have mentioned, like the roofer, the pest control. Every single person who's a professional and has clients 
is a waterfall. But you, my friend, have to teach them how to help contribute to your business because most people generally don't know. We think what's common sense is not really common. That financial planner is going to sit down. He's going to do his spiel. It will never occur to him of asking, hey, are you looking to buy and sell real estate in 2023, 2024, 2025? Oh, well, you need to talk to Ben. So I always do it in phases. When I teach my waterfalls, I'm like, hey, listen, I got a task for you. Nothing else. I need you to ask five people that you sit down with over the next week of whether or not they're looking to buy or sell in 2023. And then say nothing else, just note it. And then call me back once you do that. And then I'll teach them the next step. And then the next step, which is exactly what you broke down. This is the playbook for building strong relationships. Figuring out how you can create not a one-way street, not a two-lane street, but a two-lane highway that is a waterfall of business. This is why people like doing business with me down here in Southeast Florida and Boca. I, you know, I cover Palm Beach, Broward, Miami-Dade County. I know you're central, think Orlando-ish area, right? Mm-hmm. They come to me and I literally give, they need to get a barber. They need to ha- have a like hair salon. I don't know if you can see this, but I got a pretty, pretty good fade. I don't know anything about getting highlights and whatnot, but my wife has an amazing stylist or hair lady, whatever. Hair. <laughs> you, you guys know what I'm talking, right? Yeah. <laughs> She's on my preferred vendor list. Hey, I see you're getting highlights. You know what? I'm not saying you have to get them redone, but once you move down here, there's a great lady that you have to go to. You have to give her a try. When I see a dude, I see you got a pretty great fade too. Hey, you got to come to my barber, right? Now, wh- why am I talking about a hairstylist and a barber? Very simple. They're in front of people for eight, nine hours a day. Everybody confesses their problems to their barber and to their hairstylist. They're going to take, they're going to do, listen, two appointments per hour, 30 minutes each, right? Eight hours, that's 16 people they're going to sit in front of a day. Okay. Somebody do the math for me because 16 times, let's say they work five days a week. That's 80 people in one week. Let's say they take off four weeks out of the year. That is. 3,840 appointments a year. I love that. Like, the the numbers are there. The numbers are there. And the, the hairstylist and the barber are literally modern day therapists. They are. People will see them do, before seeing a therapist. Hands down. Like when I'm feeling like shit, I'm going to get my hair done. Getting that right. fade. Better believe it. I'm feeling like a million bucks. Egos to the roof. Once I got that fresh fade and I'm, I'm looking sharp, I'm coming home bah, right through the door. Look at and you'll like, trust their introduction more than a therapist's introduction. <laughs> you know what I mean? So I'm, I'm saying this and I really want to draw the picture for everybody because when we're talking about building strong relationships, you have to figure out how you can contribute to many to get what you want in a very selfless way. And once you do that enough, people are going to feel indebted to you. And they're going to naturally contribute. And it's not as hard as people think. I think every new agent just doesn't know where to start. And it's all about just, you know, building a mastermind and building those relationships and getting to know them first. Correct. When when I, you know, built my first financial planner relationship, it was, hey, let's go have coffee. Tell me about your business. 
right? Exactly. If, if I want to contribute to you as a financial planner, I need to know how you look at things and how do you treat your customers. And, and first of all, I need to know if you're, if you treat your customers the way I would want you to treat people, I refer to you. And if you don't, I'm going to find another financial planner. And if you do, then obviously we have the same level of service and there's this mutual symbiotic relationship of how we know we're going to handle each other customers. So in the beginning, honestly, like it wasn't about in the beginning of my real estate career, it wasn't about meeting customers. It was about building these waterfalls. And I had, I had days where I would sit in the same coffee shop, uh, glass knife in winter park. You need to go. Um, and I would literally schedule coffee meetings on an hour block hour by hour, but I would set the appointments for 45 minutes. The person would come in, we would have coffee. I would walk them out, go to my car, then go back inside and meet the next person. I would literally have like four appointments in a row when I was doing all these in-person and building these relationships. And I would do that two days a week, at least just to build these relationships with these referral partners. And it's well, the cost of a cup of coffee and they want my business. So a lot of times they would buy. (laughs) I love it. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you would like one-on-one access to over 26 of the top agents in the country to help you scale your business, then head over to EliteAgentSecrets.com slash partner, or you can just click the link in the description below. 